Hey, it is your girl, Davida Chanel, and I am all up in it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know it's been a long, long time since you heard from your girl, but life has been happening. You know, I started this podcast because in December of 2020, I finally decided to watch Game of Thrones. And the show was so flipping amazing, I had to talk about it. And I had to talk to somebody about it. But none of my friends wanted to have that conversation because I was so many years behind on the Game of Thrones train that they were over it and nobody wanted to talk. So I figured I'd talk to myself. (laughs) And fortunately, you tuned in. So that's how this podcast, All Up In It, got started. It was a way for me to discuss the shows that I was watching during the first stages of this pandemic. And I say the first stages because a lot of people like to say the pandemic is over. I am here to tell you it is not. It is still popping. It is still going down. Folks are still getting COVID. And sadly, people are still dying of this disease. Fortunately, we have figured out ways to deal with it and ways to move forward. So I'm not in the house as much, just focused on TV. But I do want to stress that the pandemic is not over. It is still here. But at this stage of the pandemic, I definitely had to switch up my lifestyle. I could not just sit around and watch TV all day. A bitch gotta work. Because a bitch gotta eat. You already know. <laughs> so thank you again for tuning in. And as we enter this phase of life, things are opening up a bit. And for me, I definitely wanted to connect with the podcast community and keep talking. But I gotta tell you, it's more out there than just TV shows. So at this stage of the pandemic, yes, I am still watching all the shows, but I'm also into a whole lot more. And at this phase of the podcast, I hope to just bring a little bit more of what Davida Chanel is into, period. So I want to discuss all the things. I want to talk about film and TV still, but I'm reading all these great books. I am working on some art projects. I am working, working, like going to my job. Oh, and this one little thing, in about 94 days, I'm going to be somebody's wife. So I want to talk about that and what that feels like of being a woman of a certain age, giving up your independence to become one with another. So (laughs) yeah, it's quite a bit going on. So I would love, love, love to stay all up in it and sharing my thoughts and and just stories with you all. So thank you again for tuning in. And let's just hop right into it because this week I'm going to touch on some things I've been reading, what I've been watching, how I'm getting my body moving, some other self-care things, and just life in general. So without further ado, let's get all up in it. <laughs> my favorite shows is Atlanta. I'll never forget the first time I read the pilot. I was shook it. I called everybody. I talked to everybody. This On the page, I just thought Atlanta was just the most groundbreaking TV show I'd ever encountered. It did not follow any of the standard rules of screenwriting. It didn't have the like standard A, B story with the like, you know, subplots going here. It was just storytelling. So rich, so authentic, and, and black, black as fuck. And I was here for it. 
And so I got into Atlanta and obviously with the pandemic, it took a bit of a pause. So it had not been here. And now it's the final season and it's airing currently. So the thing about this season of Atlanta, as daring and as creative as I thought it was at the beginning, it has shattered those norms and has gone even further. In fact, every other episode doesn't even focus on our main characters. It's sort of like short stories or short films in the in the landscape of a 30-minute TV show. I love FX because as a network, they don't subscribe to the standard rules. And so even though Atlanta is a 30-minute show, sometimes the shows will go 40 minutes or the, the, the timestamps don't seem to matter. And I am definitely here for it. And so the season started off with a jarring episode that was basically uh, a creative way to tell some stories that are ripped from the headlines. But that's not the episode I'm here to talk about. I am here to talk about the Trini to the Bone episode of this season. So it was two weeks ago, um, and Atlanta comes on Thursday nights. So two Thursdays ago, uh, that must be May, around the beginning of May, or maybe the last week in April, this episode, Trini to the Bone, came out. And I tell you... It struck a chord with your girl. This episode was so good. First of all, it's one of the one-off episodes, so our main characters are not featured. You will not find Urn or Van or Paperboy. No, nope, 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 nope. Not on this episode. This episode deals with this family that lives in Tribeca or some other fancy New York area. The dad and the mom seem to be working professionals, although it's a bit unclear what they do. The dad seems quote unquote hip. He runs through his neighborhood and he's listening to some hip hop. The mom seems to be a bit scattered. She doesn't know what's going on. And we find out pretty early in the episode that that something's off. Their son has some caregiver um, that has not shown up. Now, originally I thought like maybe it was the older sister and they don't know where she is. I didn't know who this person was. Her name was Sylvia and everybody was just saying that basically we're Sylvia. She's not here. Another thing that happens early on in the episode is because Sylvia isn't there, the parents are tasked with feeding their child. Now, this is where the episode kind of hits home. So this whole season of Atlanta, all the episodes have been like... um like culture, looks into culture. In this particular one, it's about this family and how they deal with the caregiving of their child. And these people are white. This husband, this wife, this cute little boy, there's some white people. And Sylvia, I assume at this point, is their sister who maybe stayed out too late. I am quickly, um, I quickly find out I was wrong. And Sylvia is Sebastian, the kid's um, caregiver and Sylvia is originally from Trinidad and Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago. I always get caught up on that one, but Trinidad and Tobago is where Sylvia is from, and she has been Sebastian's nanny for quite some time. So, as I was saying, the the mom, because Sylvia isn't there, is attempting to feed Sebastian his breakfast. And she's ordered him some eggs benedict from some fancy place that was delivered. Sebastian now has no time for this food, y'all. He is looking at this like it is crap. And his dad is like, what's wrong? And he's like, well, this food is very bland. 
Now that should have been a key that Sylvia might not be <laughs> the sister or that Sylvia might be a sister, if you know what I mean. So anyway, the son goes on to tell his dad that he should get him some of the, the curry from the fridge. And the dad does so, and he puts it on the eggs. And now Sebastian is happy. He's eating his eggs. So the dad takes a taste of the curry and, like, loses his shit. It's too hot. It's so spicy. He can't even deal. And at that point, I figure out that Sylvia is a sister for real. <laughs> because apparently Sylvia been feeding this child whatever she's eating and this child is with it. But the parents clearly are not. So that's what's going on. And then we find out that Sylvia has passed. Someone calls the parents and they figure out that Sylvia has died. And they're trying to figure out how to approach this subject with their son. And I could tell from just the setup that they haven't dealt with death in the family so long story short they tell sebastian what's happened they have a discussion as parents and they decide it would be wise to give this kid some closure for someone who meant so much to him and they're going to take him to the funeral now some other little shit happens during this that kind of sets the tone that these people have no idea who this woman was that they had caring for their child for example the mom is talking shit because she's like clearing up some stuff um, and trying to gather Sylvia's things. And she feels some type of way because Sylvia has all her stuff there. Side note, she's taking care of your child. So <laughs> I would imagine she's there quite a bit. But I digress. Anyway, so they go to this funeral, which happens in uh, Sylvia's neighborhood, which is clearly an all-black neighborhood from the onset. It also is not just a normal, typical, random neighborhood. It is a cultural neighborhood, and it seems like all the people there are also um, originally from or have lived or have some type of ancestry in Trinidad and Tobago. Sebastian feels, looks and feels super comfortable in this crowd. I don't know if he and Sylvia had visited before. I don't know if Sylvia had just spoken about him. All of Sylvia's family, well, most of Sylvia's family is excited to see him. They've heard about him. You know, it's going down. The parents are lost as fuck. They don't know what's going on. They are very uncomfortable. They seem like agitated. It's, it's a whole thing. So I say all that to say, we get to the point of the funeral. Now, here's where it hits home. So the the Sylvia has been this nanny and apparently is the, the caretaker of her family and not just her kids, but the extended family. Maybe and perhaps it appears that the money she earns from taking care of Sebastian, she puts into her family's fund. Like that's the way they live. And most of her family is very grateful for these jobs. But her youngest daughter feels robbed. She feels that while her mom was taking care of Sebastian and other white children, that her childhood was neglected and her caregiving was neglected. And she's sad and she misses her mom. Also, we find in the audience sitting next to um, Sebastian and his parents is this other white man. And we find out that Sylvia had raised him too. Now, the actor playing this guy is Chet Hanks. And if you know anything about Chet Hanks, this dude, mm, he's got some shit with him. But we're going to digress and keep on going. So Chet Hanks plays a kid that was also raised by Sylvia. And he's like totally in the culture. He's like... um definitely not what 
her the parents Sebastian's parents would expect so they ask him where he's from and they expect him to say you know Trinidad Trinidad and of course he's says Tribeca so they're a little bit shook so the funeral goes on there's like high stakes emotion the daughter is upset and basically the parents the white people they get scared and they're about to usher Sebastian out to which the 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 brother of Sylvia or some family member of Sylvia stands up and says, you know, we're scaring off the white people and that we can't do. Okay, this episode hit home so hard. Now, I want to be mindful of what I say moving forward because if it's one thing I learned this week is we ain't just saying shit on the internet no more. We got to be real careful. They handing out indictments about stuff you say on songs, podcasts, Instagram posts, and all that. So I want to be very careful that I don't incriminate anybody I know. Okay, so this episode hit home for me so heavy because I know many people who work as caregivers for wealthy white families. And as a result, sometimes they're not able to be as active in their own family's life because they have to work. And this has just been a constant theme in my life since I was growing up. You know, my mom was a single parent. And when I was going to school, I lived with my grandma because my mom had to work. My grandma worked um, until like recent times. Every woman in my family worked. And while everybody wasn't a caregiver, Everybody definitely took on the responsibility of doing this work. And what the episode highlighted to me was just how often black women or black families don't have the the support in the home of the actual parents because the parent is so busy working. And obviously in this example, we're talking about Sylvia, who was a, you know, um, a more of a domestic worker, but this happens, you know, in all professions. I know people who are doctors and lawyers and they have to freaking work. So they're not able to go to every baseball game or they're not able to go to the school programs. And, you know, those kids feel like they're competing with work. But I also can see it from the parental side. It's like, well, if I don't work, how are we going to eat? In this episode, it was funny. It's tongue-in-cheek. It's cute. It's got all the things. But it really sat with me because how often are we showing up to work with everything we have at the sacrifice of our families and our home units? And I think about everything that's going on in the world, like everybody's all upset over abortion um, and the fact that Roe v. Wade might get overturned. But nobody is talking about how families can take care of and support themselves. People just assume that the the lesser among us are going to do it, I guess. I assume. I don't know. It just makes me feel that as a society, we we seem to value work and prestige and money and those things over family time. But we also, out of the same mouth, say stuff like, oh, I'm working so hard to build this legacy for my family. How are you going to have a legacy for your family if you don't even know what your kids eat <laughs> or what they like or enjoy? So once again, Atlanta did what it always does for me. It just forces me to think. 
think. It no. really forces me to have an opinion on some things that are a bit touchy sometimes. And I'm just a real, real fan. So I know a lot of people um, have not been tuning in, have kind of checked out. They don't feel the creative force is there. They don't find the funny. For me, the show still works. And therefore, I am all up in Atlanta and very excited to see how the rest of the season plays out. And as a bit of a treat... Here's a little bit of this song that was playing in the episode, the Trini to the Bone episode, just so you can get the vibes that were being delivered. So Sylvia <laughs> apparently used to sing this this song to Sebastian at night. So we Trini to the Bone over here, y'all. Be sweet, sweet TNT. Oh, how I love our country, sweet, sweet TNT. We come from the place where the people are the real energy. Trini to the bone. Bego to the bone. Yo, you see how that song is? It was rolling. I see why young Sebastian was all in the Trinidadian uh, culture and way of life. I gotta say, since that episode, I have been listening to a lot of that music. But it's time to move on. We're not just about TV anymore. It's about everything else that's going on in my world. And so one other thing I did was I read a book, a big, huge book. I am fortunate and blessed to have a creative, smart, beautiful bonus daughter, a bonus kid, and your girl loves to read. And she's always reading these huge novels and she's like turning them out. She'll be like, oh, it's a 500 page book. I'll read it by tomorrow. And she does. But me, I'm a bit slower. And I heard about this great book. Um, it's apparently being turned into a television series. And the book was called Legend Born. And people around me were like, oh my God, it's so good. It's a black girl lead. It's about, you know, the, the, the inherent powers we all have within us. It's a bit of witchcraft. It's a bit of King Arthur's Court. It's a bit of all the things you should check it out. So I was super excited to get into this book. Once again, the name of it is A Legend Born. Y'all, how about I take my happy ass to the library to get this book? It's big as hell. <laughs> Legend Born. It's 501 pages. I don't really have enough time for that. So, of course, I had to extend the book at least three or four times. Side note, public libraries are the shit. Let's discuss it. I think that public libraries are amazing and the bomb and exactly what we need during times like these where money is low. You could just go to the library and get a book and you know they take care of you. So that was my PSA for why you should have a library card. But back to the book. Legend Born is this book by a sister named Tracy Dion and it is the first in the series about this um it's a young adult fantasy novel, and it's it's pretty much a modern-day twist on the King Arthur legends. It follows a black teenage girl, and she discovers a secret, historically white magic society. But you already know when it comes to magic, they got some sisters and brothers all mixed up in it. So, of course, she unmasks this huge, like, scandal and secret, and discovers that she is the true legend born so it's a great book i highly recommend it for you for those of you who love a good summer read this might be the one again it took me <laughs> i had to extend the book a couple of times from the library so it took me a while but i was very proud to be done with it so legend born check it out i think it's sweet 
I think it's a very good story. I think it's definitely one that since I've been, um, since I have read it, I've definitely been thinking about ways that I have power that I haven't quite tapped into. So it's one I really dig. All right. So another thing I'm really into right now is fitness. Well, kind of, sort of. See, I bought me an Apple Watch because I had several um, smart watches that didn't quite connect with my phone. I have a, a iPhone. I'm a Mac user. So all of my things are in the Apple universe. So I wanted to get this Apple watch so that, you know, I kept hearing my friends talk about closing their rings and sharing their fitness. So I wanted to be in the mix too. So I got this Apple watch. And as a result, when you buy an Apple watch, you get a free subscription to Apple fitness for a certain amount of time. So I'm so hyped because, you know, I love a free class and Apple Fitness has a, a plethora of options and uh, types of classes. So y'all, your girl has been going in on the Apple Fitness dance classes. I usually do them um, in midday, like around lunchtime or maybe the end of the day where I know a few more emails are going to come through, but they haven't come yet. So I take a little bit of a break during my day. And I swear to God, I get my whole 90s life. I be out here just jamming and jicking and popping and locking and doing all the things to move my body as well as connect with the beat. And just, I feel like I'm out. I feel like I'm at the club. All right, so these dance classes are really, really great. They're three dance instructors. Typically, they're three. It's a guy named John. A woman named LaShawn, who is good. John is good, too. Everybody is great. But my favorite, I got to tell you, my favorite is Ben. So Ben looks like this regular dude. When it's LaShawn's turn, he's in the background just doing his steps. But one day I decided to click on a class from Ben. And y'all, I ain't turned back yet. Ben is a dancer. He be getting it. His little hips be moving. He be inspiring me to do the same. So I definitely highly recommend the Apple Fitness dance classes. They are super, super fun. And then lastly, the last thing I want to talk about today, your girl getting married. I'm all up in wedding planning. And this shit is crazy. I promise you on a daily, I'll Google something and I'll put in, um, for instance, a backdrop. I'll put in a backdrop. And all these backdrops come up for whatever price. I go back and I put wedding backdrop, the price doubles. All I got to say about planning a wedding is you better have your money together. <laughs> I am one who shops on a budget. I love a good deal. But these people are trying to wear me out because the minute I bought one thing, now I get 10 emails showing me other cute things. The minute I invite one person, I forgot that I was supposed to invite three more. So these costs just keep on rising. And I'm not even the type that's been like dreaming of some Cinderella type wedding for my whole life. I think I'm coming in pretty simple and I'm hoping to stay under budget, but I don't even know. How people do it. Because, again, whenever these vendors hear the word wedding, wedding they taxing, taxing, taxing. And it's not right. I'm supposed to be <laughs> doing something that celebrates the love I have. Not that celebrates the money I'm going to spend. <sighs> it's such an annoyance. 
That said, I am also really, really, really enjoying it. Again, um, I'm not somebody that sat around and dreamed about some fantasy Cinderella wedding. I definitely dreamed about falling in love and finding my partner, but I never thought so much about the ceremony. Probably because when I was a little girl, probably like six or seven, I guess, my aunt got married and she had this huge wedding, one of the biggest weddings that our city has ever seen. So I know that I'm from a very small town, so... You know, and at the time, it was like the 80s, so it was a big deal to have these big weddings, and she had tons of bridesmaids, and I was her junior bride, and it was just this this huge, huge event. But what it taught me was that, you know, she didn't get to enjoy it very much. She was very, very busy the whole time. She um, talked later about how she forgot so many things whenever we sat down to view her photo album at the time, because this was back in the day they didn't have videos and stuff. She just was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that person. Or, oh, I didn't know they were there because she was so busy. Um, So it's definitely important to me that I take the time and the steps to, you know, enjoy the people that come out to celebrate with us, especially because we're coming off a two-year pandemic and I ain't seen my best friend since then. (sighs) It's going to be a mess. But at the same time, it's going to be like one of the most exciting days of my life. I do have to admit, I am getting a bit scared and antsy because when we chose our date for August of 2022, we both were convinced that the pandemic would be behind us. And here we are. Numbers are rising. So that part sucks. Um, So definitely trying to create a fun, celebratory environment that also takes care of our elders so nobody comes and gets sick on our watch. How fucking awful would that be that people came to your wedding and then got sick or, you know, worse? That is definitely not something I'm trying to be all up in. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for this week. I am so happy to be back with All Up In It, and I am even more grateful for what this season will hold. I look forward to bringing you some great interviews, some great tips, some great stories, all the things. So please continue to like, um, follow. If you haven't, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend, and let's get All Up In It.